Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch Podcast. In this episode, a repeat creator of dubious scam packs makes one to draft failed U.S. Senate candidate Robert Francis O'Rourke, strange political bedfellows define a Supreme Court case on property rights, and Big Labor's bank makes bank banking for Democrats. Now that he has lost election to the United States Senate, U.S. Representative Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke is looking for things to do. And, like many a political heartthrob, one of those things might be running for president. And also, as with many a political heartthrob, less-than-reputable political action committee operators are looking to use his name, without necessarily obtaining his consent, to hoodwink partisans out of donations to a draft committee, potentially sending thousands into the coffers of their own companies. Huffington Post writer Kevin Robillard noted that the treasurer of a recently established political action committee called Draft Beto, recently registered with the FEC, was Nathan Lerner, who was also the treasurer of the Democratic Coalition Against Trump, a PAC which has been characterized as a scam PAC for spending much of its resources to hire consultants with close ties to its officers. A fake draft committee grift is a classic form of these scam PACs. An unrelated group of political consultants forms a super PAC, an independent committee supporting a candidate, to draft the prospective candidate to run for a high political office. Then, the committee hires their own company to do all the work of the PAC, which mostly involves raising more funds. Whether the draft succeeds or fails, the consultants get paid. And while Democrats might be playing the scam PAC game with the latest draft Beto committee, Republican supporters shouldn't get smug. They were targeted by scam PAC operators throughout the Obama years. The scam operates by preying on the fear and insecurity of partisan donors, fear and insecurity that surge in the supporters of the party out of presidential office. For more on the history and practice of scam PACs, read Caveat Donator at capitalresearch.org. On Wednesday, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments in Timms v. Indiana, a case concerning the seizure, under a controversial legal doctrine known as civil asset forfeiture, of a Land Rover SUV from Tyson Timms, who pleaded guilty to drug charges carrying a maximum fine of $10,000. Problem is that the Land Rover the state seized was worth $42,000, four times more than the statutory maximum fine. Timms is sued, arguing that the seizure violates a constitutional protection against excessive fines, but that protection doesn't apply to the states under current law which the court is considering whether to change. According to Supreme Court watchers, the court is likely to apply the excessive fines rule to the states. Doesn't guarantee that Tim's will get his car back, but makes it more likely. Libertarians, most prominently the Institute for Justice Public Interest Law Firm, which represented Tim's before the court, and conservatives, most prominently Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote in a different case that he thought civil asset forfeiture, quote, has led to egregious and well-chronicled abuses in its current practice have seen asset forfeiture and excessive fines as violations of the right to property and due process. Meanwhile, left-wingers have expressed concern that the burdens of excessive fine-style asset forfeiture fall most harshly on ethnic minorities and the poor, who are less able to defend their property against seizure. The normal protections in criminal cases, like state-provided lawyers for the poor and requirement that the state prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt, do not apply in asset forfeiture cases. Much of the coverage of the oral arguments focused on the agreement between Trump-nominated Justice Neil Gorsuch and Obama-nominated Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who both grilled the Solicitor General of Indiana harshly and suggested they might think Tims ought to win the case. Perhaps there was something to recent comments by Chief Justice Roberts defending judicial impartiality. 
While Sotomayor's principles likely more closely resemble those of the left-wingers and Gorsuch's more closely resemble those of the broader right, both are applying their principles to the case, not their partisan loyalties. What is also interesting is a wide spectrum of Amici Curie, who have filed briefs weighing in on behalf of Tim's. The far-left Southern Poverty Law Center, known for tarring mainstream social conservative and immigration restrictionist organizations as, quote, hate groups, close quote, comparable to the KKK, joined a brief filed by the Libertarian Cato Institute, which asked the Supreme Court to hear Tim's case. Also filing on behalf of Tim's were Conservative Judicial Watch, Liberal NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, the Social Conservative American Civil Rights Union, the Social Progressive American Civil Liberties Union, and even the Foundation for Moral Law, a controversial right-wing nonprofit associated with failed Alabama politician Roy Moore. Needless to say, the SPLC and Moore agree on next to nothing. Perhaps that's a sign that the state of Indiana not only will, but ought to, lose the case. And our final item, the Washington Free Beacon reports that Amalgamated Bank, the country's only labor union-owned bank, received over $2 million in interest payments and fees from Democratic political committees in the 2018 election cycle. Amalgamated Bank is owned by Workers United, a division of the Service Employees International Union. How SCIU came to control Workers United and with it Amalgamated Bank is a long story. It involves a merger between the Garment Workers Union, which founded Amalgamated Bank, and the Hotel Restaurant Workers Union, which was supposed to grow a merged union through aggressive card check organizing. But that broke down amid a power struggle between the heads of those two old unions, which led to an intervention by Obama administration friend and then-SCIU boss Andy Stern, and then intra-union negotiations over a divorce between what would become Workers United, essentially the old Garment Workers Union, and what would stay as Unite Here, essentially the old hotel, restaurant, and casino union. For more information on that divorce, Capital Research Center's website goes into the details in a 2013 article titled Breaking the Bank. Amalgamated itself was founded in 1923 by the Amalgamated Clothing Workers of America Union. It was dedicated to the service and advancement of the labor movement. It continues that mission. Its CEO has called Amalgamated, quote, the progressive bank for the progressive community. As part of the service and advancement, Amalgamated has since 2012 been the bank of choice for Democratic political entities, most notably the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, because the Democratic Party has closely aligned with the agenda of organized labor. For his part, Keith Mestrich, the CEO of Amalgamated, is a member of the board of directors of the Democracy Alliance left-wing donor conclave. So beyond its influence as the bank of choice for the Democratic Party and other liberal interest groups, including the League of Conservation Voters, Organizing for Action, the uh, advocacy group associated with former President Barack Obama, and a whole bunch of major labor unions, Amalgamated uses its position as a shareholder in public companies, which gives it the ability to demand votes on shareholder resolutions affecting corporate policy, to pressure corporate America to adopt left-wing friendly policies on political activity disclosure, for the purpose of pressuring companies not to support conservatives, lest perhaps union goons show up on executive lawns, to uh, increase demographic diversity on corporate boards, and to support labor union-favored employment policies. That's our show for this week. If you're listening on, to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. <laughs>